found ourselves in a different house. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Special episode. <laughs> special episode. They're all special. Again, they are all special. We're house sitting, more like cat sitting right now, I think. Yeah. Than, than really really house sitting. It's definitely more about the cat. More about the cat. Also the house. We need to make sure it retains its General creepiness, as always. And <laughs> it's not creepy. It's not creepy when it's filled with family. Oh, well, that's all I have to say oh, about sorry, that. sorry, there was a joke loaded in there. You, you seemed like you pulled out the joke gun for that one. You know, we've been married for almost eight months now. Also don't have a joke, joke ready for that <laughs> one. Just, uh, just make statements. We've been married for a while now. Eight months, yeah. A little over eight hey, months. we're coming up on a year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only got uh, four more months left. And uh, after that, I legally own you. Is that how that works? (laughs) I think think technically you did after about like a month after we signed the papers. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, it's, we sign the paper and the magical spell takes form and you become property. Yes. That Uh, is how marriage works. mm -hmm. None of that's true. That's awful. And (laughs) bad history that the things of, of unhealthy traditions and things that's not true and and those were the joke bullets we had loaded they were all jokes that we just said just sexism just sexism absolutely so why'd you bring up eight months no reason oh okay just i just like numbers me. okay i'm an accountant is the thing <laughs> well, i'm brandon and i'm an accountant i'm an accountant so, so like numbers are kind of my game even though I'm pretty bad at them. <laughs> You're good at them. Don't lie. Uh-oh, there's a the cat. There might be periodic cat noises throughout this episode. Oh. Speak to us, Emmy. Nope. 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 Okay. We'll just, uh, well, actually, you know what? We'll just, and it wasn't the cat. Those will be the ghost noises. Just okay. imagine they're ghosts. for the ghosts. haunted house. Yeah. Because there's no family here. Because there's no family here, those will be just the noises of, of the ghosts. The cat ghosts. <laughs> the cat ghosts. Mm-hmm. We were enjoying a, a bottle of red wine. It's called red wine. Red it doesn't have a name. Wine. It doesn't have a name on it. Oh, this uh, rabble. Rabble. We cannot command nature except by obeying her, is well, what it says on the back. That kind of sounds like something you read outside of a house before you go in there to die, doesn't it? I mean, the front kind of looks like the apocalypse. That's true. It looks kind of like uh, England's burning. Wow. Everything suddenly has a creepy twist. Everything kind of has a creepy twist to it. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the Bargain Den. Speaking of creepy things, I don't know. <laughs> the Bargain Den. The Bargain we have a We have a podcast ghost. I am the podcast ghost that's what it'll sound like (laughs) that would make for a lame movie wouldn't it Hmm. a podcast ghost yeah it only exists in our podcast this summer one podcast two hosts 
feel like we're putting off our duties here. Our duties? Oh, ghost cat. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into the Bargain Den. We appreciate you tuning in and listening, and uh, it's very cool of you to do so. Uh, to listen to us uh, pretend like we, we're good at financial things, uh, or pretend hey, to pretend. What? We're all right. Hey, we're all right. We're actually pretty good at it. We do, we do finance pretty well. I mean, the, the general ideas of finance. Not yeah. actual finance, but like the idea of it. Yeah. 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 We know what we should do, whether yeah. we follow them or not. Absolutely. Yeah. F- financial fiction. Financial fiction. Did I just create the genre of our podcast? Financial fiction? I mean, everything is financial fiction if you twist it that way. Is everything not already financial fiction? Because this money even, it's not real. It's just a con. Oh, ghost cat. It's just, <laughs> I can hear it really well. I'm wearing earbuds this time to make sure I speak loud enough for us. And for me, not for us, you do fine. You do much better than I do. Aww. I tend to sink back into myself, into my chair, far away from the microphone. So I'm hoping with earbuds, like a, like a proper person, <laughs> I'll be able to really hear the volume of which I'm speaking and maybe do a little bit better, which is funny because I've tended to chastise you for looking away from the microphone and then it turns <laughs> out that you're speaking just fine and it's me who gets in on mumbling. I just kind of do some, hey, how's it going? I don't kind of understand what I'm saying. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of you're the ghost in the podcast. I'm the ghost in the podcast. That's it. Yeah, that'll be it. We've just been doing a running bit. Welcome to episode six where we reveal some of our running bits. <gasps> episode six just six it's just number six in the month of june a a which is two sixes maybe we'll find another six in the episode this is the bargain (laughs) where i've been trying to introduce this several times and i have not been successful and i'm sorry the bargain din we get a movie out of a bargain receptacle some kind of cheap way of of obtaining a movie and we watch that movie, and then we try to decide if it holds up to the principles, morality, and standards that go behind what it means to be a bargain movie, a frugal movie. Does it uphold to those standards and really, really embody what it means to be to be a bargain? I mean, we're all on the hunt for the next bargain. We're all on the hunt for the next bargain. So, so we wanted to take a look at it this way. <laughs> and I think that I, I cannot explain our silly podcast any better <laughs> so this the uh, this this week the movie we watched was another one out of our um apparently uh bag of holding our vintage bag of <laughs> vintage stock bag of holding filled with movies there's so many in there there's so many movies in there and they're gonna start getting weird y'all i'm just letting you know yeah we're getting down to the nitty-gritty we're getting down to some stuff uh swamp tigers was pretty strange but if you thought swamp tigers were just, wow, that's a sentence. If you thought swamp tigers were strange, they're not. They're just tigers. <laughs> <laughs> they're tigers that live in swamps. Swamps. Uh, it's uh, it's going to get strange. This week, it wasn't as strange. It was still kind of a strange movie. We watched a movie called The Stratosphere Girl, a film by M.X. Oberg. Um, it's my turn to describe, describe the movie, yeah? Yeah. It's fun that you got you got Swamp Tigers, and I got the Stratosphere Girl, and I thought that Swamp Tigers would be more of a challenge than anything up to date, but I think that the Stratosphere <laughs> Girl might top it a little bit. Yeah, good luck. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to set a stopwatch. 
to make sure that I don't ramble. No, you know what? We're fine. I got this. Yeah, I believe you're good. in myself. Confidence. I don't it have confidence. It was actually, it was an 85 minute movie. I don't know why the minutes really, really count to me. Mm. Um, but What was its aspect ratio? I just love numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you, Mr. Accountant. Oh. Um, no, but it was 85 minutes, so you got this. You can summarize that in a decent amount of time. Sure. I mean, you, yeah, you, you're, you're always keeping up on my minutes, so I know that you know how many minutes I'm capable of. Yeah, by the way, we only have 30 minutes left on our phone plan, so if you could just kind of keep that to a minimum... Well, you know, I try to keep it in my top five, but I, I, I sometimes, sometimes I gotta, I gotta call, I gotta call Terry and I already have you Terry. and the four of my other close friends and Terry, I just don't feel close enough to him. I don't got nothing for this. <laughs> so the top, top five joke, top five joke, um, Terry's the sixth friend. Oh, there it is. There's the other six. Boom. Don't have to keep thinking about that for the rest of the episode. Mm. Anyway, so the Stratosphere Girl uh, focuses on a young Dutch woman uh, who just graduated from high school, not college, high school in Germany. Um, And I already messed it up. She's French. No, she's Dutch. I can almost promise you she's French. Enter a dark and dangerous world where the lines bl- between reality and fantasy are blurred. Angela is, a 18, is 18, a stunning Dutch blonde. I thought she was French. She was in Germany. Well, we're at an impasse. So Angela is an 18-year-old, possibly French, possibly Dutch young woman, <laughs> who just graduated from high school in Germany. So just, you know, she's from Europe. We'll just say that. She's a young European woman. Are you Googling to check to see how right I am or how wrong I am? I just thought I knew and now I'm confused. Well, they, at one point she got referred to as being French, but she never like verified it. She was like, oh, what are you, French? You French people think you can get all I this I thought she on. called herself French. No, she called herself Angela. Ha. I'm glad I didn't time myself because I'd be running very low on time. Thank you very much. Hey, you did it to me last time, That's to fair. be fair. <laughs> Are you waiting for me? Yeah, absolutely. I'm waiting for you. Okay. This is going to be a tough search, too. I don't know how you're going to manage to Google this, because you're going to get the same synopsis I got on the back of the TVD box. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Wikipedia didn't say. I didn't think it would. I think it would say the exact same thing on the back of the box, which is a young Dutch woman. Although, apparently, this is available in many languages. I saw a lot of films. You say that as though it proves you're... (laughs) It proves you right. No, it doesn't at all. I'm just... Can I get back to the synopsis? Yes, please. I'm sorry. It's comedy poison. Oh, I need to turn my volume down. So I'll just take it from the top then. (laughs) A stratosphere girl focuses on Angela, who is a 18-year-old woman who just graduated from high school in Germany. That's for certain. Mm -hmm. And she's bored with life already, which is uh, a pretty good struggle, I think, to have at 18. To, to get out of high school and go, man, that's it? Bummer. <laughs> uh, um, she's also, uh, she's, in, she's into art. She's into illustrating comics, and that's kind of her thing. So she goes to her graduation party, and uh, it's a lit party. They have a DJ mm-hmm. and a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think our, I don't really, I didn't go to parties in high school. Um, 
Neither of us even had graduation parties, right? We had a little thing in a park. I don't know if you'd count that or not. We went to Chili's. You went after to Chili's? graduation. Oh, we did go to Chili's yeah. after graduation. <laughs> and just ate dinner with like four other people. <laughs> I don't ever want to go to Chili's again. Why yeah. did I go there? Hmm. This episode sponsored. Close. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Chili's. Chili's. <laughs> Pay more for worse food. Chili's. Chili's. <laughs> Great for after graduation when you're broke but want to spend more money for bad food. Absolutely. Chili's. <laughs> I want my money back, money back. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I can't. That's, anyway. <laughs> this is the podcast where we slam chilies. Yeah, slam. Let's. I don't want to ever slam chilies. Hey. And yeah, anyway. The Stratosphere Girl focuses on an 18-year-old girl named Angela who just graduated from high school and is already bored with life. One of her favorite activities includes drawing, and she's an illustrator, and she likes to draw comics. But the problem is she's already bored with life. It's kind of a good problem to have, like, right after... Anyway, uh, I'm going to just keep saying the same jokes. So she goes to her high school party, and they got a DJ, and it's lit, and it's pumping, and she's kind of infatuated with the DJ, and so she kind of sleuths her way over to him and they start talking and, and he starts telling her about where he lives, uh, I guess, the rest of the time. It wasn't really explained why he, what he was doing in Germany, but he lives in Tokyo. Mm. And she's like, well, that sounds cool. And he's like, well, you, I'll, you go, go work there. Just do it. She's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so... He's like, I have a friend, and she she's a she's kind of a waitress or a hostess over there, and she likes what she does. So I recommend that that you I can kind of set you up with that. So she says, okay, and so she goes to Japan. <laughs> she it kind of made it seem as though she hopped on a plane that night. Yeah, I, everything I mean, happened very quickly. Yeah, it seemed like she got on a plane that night and watches a horse race on the plane, and then she goes. She gets to her flat that she's going to be staying at with four other girls, three or four other girls, who are all hostess or waitresses at this uh, this restaurant, the club type establishment that they have that they work at. So it turns out that the the club that they have a position that actually at first is not available for her to work at, they don't have an opening. So she goes and kind of looks at some other clubs, kind of some other racist clubs. I don't want to go into their detail, but they were just. Kind of racist. Kind of seemed like all the clubs were a bit themed. Yeah, I guess that doesn't surprise. It, the theme's a fun way to say racist. <laughs> well, you think about it, the one that she was invited to originally was kind of like all European girls. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the clubs were pretty... Yeah. So, it, it was... It was a seemingly kind of problematic situation, but she she's determined, so she goes back to the initial club and gets into a fight with one of the other hostess, waitress, ladies, and I guess because she does that, that she her allure uh, attracts some of the gentlemen attending the club, so she gets a job there, and she starts working. All of this takes place in over like a week, like it's a very quick. It felt like a long time, but then it kept. Referencing it only being a couple days. So she starts kind of making money, and then she starts... She 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 notices that there is there was a young Russian woman that lived uh, in the same flat, but has now gone missing. She sees missing posters for her. So she starts to kind of draw some conclusions that something has gone on, that something has happened with this 
uh, other woman named Larissa, and she starts to kind of investigate what it is that happened to to Larissa. And all the while, you know, she's dealing with these kind of chauvinistic, gross uh, businessmen who, you know, ask her inappropriate questions, but that's kind of her job there, I guess. That's kind of the women's job there is to just kind of flirt and be kind of objects for them to to kind of oogle over and whatnot. And she's dealing with that. She's also dealing with the fact that her flatmates and coworkers are uh, just awful, I guess. It's really the best way to put it. They, it was never made clear, but it, I think they, they put glass in her soup at one point. Mm. Um, that was clear. They did put glass in her soup. That was absolutely certain. I'm, I just wasn't... They never were like, ah, it was this person. It was just... There was glass in her soup. And they were like, ah, they did it to me too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> or, or actually, initially it was... I, I don't want you to think it was one of the girls. You know, the people that live with you. You know. The only people that you know here... Wouldn't be them. Oh, also, I wanted to point out one scene in particular just because it made me laugh, and I don't know that it'll come back up in terms of the financial sides of things. When she first wakes up in the flat, two of the girls are playing PlayStation, (laughs) (laughs) the the PlayStation 1, um, and they're intensely playing. You hear the... (laughs) And they're kind of nudging back and forth. And both on the screen that they're playing and the audio that's... The, the sound of the game that's being played, it's just text box. It's just text going. It's like... <laughs> like they're playing like a <laughs> hardcore multiplayer typing game is what it looks... It's not. They just... The screen is showing like a dialogue happening in a game and they're both... I just think those are always funny whenever movies, for some reason, can't capture very often what it's like to play video games because I, I don't know if you've watched many people play video games... But usually it's a pretty motionless, you know, unless you're really throwing down a Wii, you know, (laughs) most of the time it kind of involves just intense staring and as little thumb movements as possible. Mm. Movies always think it involves like taking the palm of your hand and like licking it and then like smearing it over the front of the controller rapidly (laughs) and making as much noise as possible and then like nudging back and forth between you and your friend and I've never played video games like that I think I might start maybe that I'd enjoy video games a little (laughs) bit more if I just found somebody was like I can call Terry and be like hey Terry will you come over and he's like sure I'm like you want to play video games and he's like yeah absolutely and I was like oh let's play this and it'll be like one player and I'll be like, you just hold the controller and I was like ah, 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 and then we'll just get through all the texts of Castlevania a lot quicker <laughs> so um, I just thought that was funny so there's problems at home there's problems in the restaurant it's and there's problems with somebody possibly being murdered. So she's trying to unravel this mystery, and all the while it kind of seems like it turns out that the guy that that she the DJ that she kind of fell for, maybe she has a thing with him, maybe not. It's kind of unclear, but it kind of sounds like he's sent over some other girls as well. Like he's kind of a uh, what's the word? I know exactly what you mean, and I can't think of the word. He's kind of a middleman, I guess. He kind of is uh, the person that's... Like a scouter. Yeah, yeah, scouter, scouter. That's a good word. 
So he's kind of, he, he kind of turns out he's a scout is what it really, really <laughs> makes it seem like. There was one scene in particular where another girl's like, yeah, he was a DJ and he was awesome and we had a great time, wink, wink. And she's like, bummer. I still love him, though. <laughs> so eventually this guy comes. His name is... Uh, I forgot to look up what his character's name was. It was like Kremlin or something or curmudgeon. Or it was something like that. Yeah, Kirk Bannistan. or No, don't look it up. That's fine. The fun oh, thing okay. that names right. are funner. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's he he shows up to the club and he wants he's gonna pay big money and he's gonna have all the girls that work at the club uh, be his arm candy for the evening and then he sees Angela and is like you. Of course, your name's Angela. You're an angel, um, and he was super creepy. Like yeah. he was probably one of the better actors of the whole thing, just because he was real creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up finding a place to live that's like a underground, under the subway kind of place, where she can live for free and do some more art, and also have a place to keep her money safe. It's kind of a weird thing. I don't really know, but she starts piecing together, and it, it looks. As though this, it's leading towards that this uh, Kermit the Frog guy is the guy <laughs> who ended up. See, I told you it'd be funny if I made fake names. I'll just I'll run out of K names eventually. But until then, get back to I can think of another one. There was so it turns out it looks like he's the one who killed Larissa, and he's all you know big into the. It sounds like you're looking into something you shouldn't be looking into, and she's like, okay. And then runs away. So she goes and she confesses this. She finally meets back up with the DJ and confesses this to him. And he's like, do you have proof? And she's like, I do. I drew what people have told me in the form of a comic book. <laughs> Let me get those for you. And then you'll know it's true. Because I drew it with with uh, colored pencils. So <laughs> she does that. And, and the... Um, the Kremlin guy, he's he finally he catches on to that she's on to stuff, and he goes and meets with her in her place, uh, and has gone through all her pictures and is like, oh, "Well, it's an interesting little story you have here, <laughs> but I think people might get confused of what the reality of things is." And then he like goes to touch her face, and he has like a leather glove on, like he's gonna murder her there. So she's like, "Oh, okay, cool," and then like rips a light out of the wall or whatever and runs away and into the arms of the DJ and then, you know, they go and have sex and you like you do. When she wakes up in the morning, all her paintings are gone. And again, at this point, I was like, oh, I told you. Duh, the DJ dude is definitely, definitely. Hey, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know when and if we should maybe throw in like a hey spoiler warning <laughs> like these this movie came out in what like 2001 uh doesn't the space odyssey yeah it came out into the other movie you know how dante's <laughs> inferno is in the center of the divine comedy turns out that the stratosphere girl is in the middle of the 2001 space odyssey by stanley kubrick if you it's one frame <laughs> it's one frame long they've compressed every scene of this 85 minute long movie into one frame and you have to slow it way down and then you have to do a special pre-order of the 
sixth anniversary. There's another six. The sixth <laughs> anniversary, which has already come long past, so you'll have to get that off eBay. And inside, there'll be a download code that you'll oh take. Oh, my gosh. And when you do that, you'll get the audio for the movie, and then you have to put up two screens together at the same time and sync them up. And then that's how you get this movie. And that was just trash. It makes sense. It's yeah. the stratosphere girl. Yeah, it was just trash. It was a trash story that oh. I just made up. Um, oh, thanks. Thanks. I loved it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So, spoiler warning. That's how we were talking. Yeah. <laughs> just anyway, the um, DJ takes her paintings, and so she's all upset. And then she goes back to the flat, and then one of the girls just kind of, kind of apropos of nothing, confesses that it was actually one of the girls that killed Larissa. They were upset because she was getting more money than they were, so they stabbed her in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Just to throw in, it wasn't as much that they she was getting more money than the rest of them, but she was crossing lines, like boundaries they had set to keep each other safe. Like, don't do too much so they don't think that we'll do this kind I, of stuff. I, I agree, but, but it really... They were... Very money motivated. Yeah, that's like, true. I think it was, that was definitely both. If, I think it was lines in place so that they could continue to do what they do to make the money they needed, and it wasn't fair because some of the other girls weren't willing to do that. But but I think it came back to money was the mm. thing for them. So they confessed that it was one of the girls. They were upset at her, so they were going to cut off her hair, and then they just snapped and stabbed her in the stomach. Then the girl who stabbed her <laughs> shows up and is like, "We have a meeting." And don't ever, don't tell anybody, but we have a meeting with the Kremlin guy, curmudgeon, <laughs> Mr. Curmudgeon. So they go to the house that Larissa was stabbed at, and against her better judgment and will, uh, Angela gets high off of pot. I wasn't really I make could clear. never, never tell s- what. It was an egg that had like an oxygen mask on it. It looked like one of those sleek, like, raindrop kind of looking um, humidifiers or diffusers, but with an oxygen mask attached. Yeah. So she gets kind of high, and then she pretends to fall asleep, and then the the, uh, Kervonigat guy comes in, (laughs) and he, he looks at her, and he's got a piece of cake, and he sneaks into another door. And turns out she's not sleeping. She's she's faked him out. So she follows him in there. And it turns out that... and Okay, what I'm all about to describe takes place in about two minutes. The last two minutes of the movie. So just hang on. I'm going to just <laughs> throw it all out. This is so every... The last... Last... Right, like two minutes. Yeah. She goes in there, and it turns out that Larissa is still alive. She's healing from the stab wound, but the uh, Kilimanjaro guy, he <laughs> is keeping her alive as an example to set to the other girls to make sure that they stay in line and feel that they're in his pocket. Also, the DJ guy was working with them and was friends with the guy's house, who owned the house that this all happened at, who happened to be a publisher, so he, the DJ, took her paintings... And her drawings and took them to the publisher and got a contract to get her a briefcase filled with money <laughs> and she could go back to Europe and, and be a successful illustrator and also bring the DJ and they could live a life happy together in Europe away from Tokyo 
did I say this take place? Yeah, it takes place in Tokyo. Yeah. So she leaves all the girls behind, leaves Killface there, <laughs> and becomes a successful Japanese illustrator. Did I miss anything? That was pretty much, that was, that was the story, yeah? Yeah. I think that pretty well covered it. It was a pretty good movie. I thought great. it was beautiful. Story aside, just the visuals were beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty movie. But, you know what? That's, uh, we can save that for, for a conversation <laughs> outside of the podcast, because you know what we do here? It's time to, to put on our money glasses. I don't know why I thought that the sound effect of glasses... <laughs> Would transition. Everybody knew that, right? Barely crinkling glasses. Yeah, crinkling. Yeah, I just totally like crinkle, yeah. crinkle, crinkle. Ding, you ding. know, just like the guy in the movie, Mr. Crinkle. Mr. Crinkle. That's another K one. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Donna just produced a sparkle ball from her butt and threw it. <laughs> it's for the ghost cat to appease her. Sparkly butt ball. That was weird. <laughs> Got to keep the ghosts at bay so we can talk about the frugality. Okay. So what do you think? Is it frugal? You know, I kinda, I, that's kind of why I brought up uh, being married eight months. For our honeymoon, we went to Japan. So oh, yeah. we, uh, it, was, it was brought back some, some, some Japan memories seeing this mm-hmm. movie. God, I miss it. The movie? We can watch it again. We own it now. Oh. Hooray. Thank you. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> I'll just from from my experience, while Japan is it wasn't necessarily very expensive to be there, getting there was very very expensive. Mm-hmm. And last minute plane tickets, I don't think would be very expensive or very cheap. I think that you know you try to buy them a little bit more in advance, and that was kind of one of the general themes of the movie. I know that she was kind of goalless. She didn't. I mean, she herself talked about how it was challenging not having a goal in life. So, you know, she kind of jumped at this opportunity, but, you know, I think it's if you make better travel arrangements, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe plan to meet your DJ. If you're going to meet the DJ of your life, meet him in the, meet him, you know, you know, when you have some time to get out to see him in Japan. But does it work like hotels, though, where the closer you wait until the date, the more expensive it gets until you get to the day of, and then they're trying to get rid of those last rooms or seats so they're suddenly steeply discounted. It's possible. Or maybe she flew standby and spent 36 hours at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. (laughs) You'd think you have experience with that or something. Something like it. That's a possibility. I don't feel like it because it was nighttime when she talked to the DJ, and then it was nighttime when she was on the plane. And she spoke of leaving that night. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't. But I, that was the feeling I think it was going for. And I think that given the opportunity... Hi, ghost cat. Oh, God. <laughs> Come here. No, go for the sparkle butt ball. <laughs> given the opportunity, I think you should plan a little bit more in advance. So I'm going to take a point away from it in terms of being a frugal movie for its poor travel planning skills. Okay, hang on. You did this in our first episode, some research, and I'm going to do some research now. Are you going to see if you can get a, a flight to Japan right now? Yep. Well, what's the parameter for it? Whoa. Hmm. Justfly.com. 
$421 Japan round trip fares, one hour left until midnight. BS, it's fake. You're about to get a virus. Good. Worth it for this podcast. That's going to be so bad. Oh, cool. Yeah, give him your sosh. That's a good point. That's a good call. You know it. I'll just play with the ghost cat. Hey, ghost cat. You know, ghost cat for this cat is a great name. I'll have a little interview with the cat while you do this. Taking the microphone over here. Hello. What do you think? Oh, I got real close to that. My goodness. So, how do you feel about video games being classified as a disorder, the video game disorder. How do you feel about that being a thing that the government is now classifying? <laughs> oh, that was creepy. I didn't like hearing that. What? Did you hear her sniff? Yeah, she purred. It was weird. That's probably audio nightmare. No comment. Good call. So, now that Donna's phone is invested, infested with a virus... Well, that didn't work, so I probably do have a virus. <laughs> All right, I think that's still... I think that goes in, in, into a negative for it. We'll just pause it for a minute, because I want to know. Expedia. Dot com. This episode brought to you by Expedia. This episode brought to you by Expedia and Chili's. This week, Chili's and Expedia are partnering up to give you the deal of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Have you always wanted to travel to a very wonderful and awesome place? Have you ever been running late and needed a time to... And not have the time to get a proper meal inside of you. That's why we have new Chili's to go in every airport of every state across the entirety of the United States. Chili's to go. I still want my money back. <laughs> The earliest it'll let me do is Sunday. Hmm. So, a point against it. Yeah, but if she walked into the airport, a system error occurred. Donna, this is audio nightmare. We'll we cut please, so much of this out. Can we please just move on and can I, can I just have given it a point? No, wait. Uh, ghost cat. I think ghost cat wants a treat. <laughs> Uh-oh, ghost cat's all ghost. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe I could just search if it was cheaper. So, yeah, that's my point against it. She was sharing rent with, like, four other girls. Sounded like she was paying $300 a month, although she only lived there three days, so maybe that's a point against her. Yeah, she had to pay by the week. It was $300 a week. Oh, that's very expensive. Mm-hmm. As most places are in Tokyo. Not that I've ever looked, but... <laughs> definitely we haven't looked, no. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Definitely didn't. Yeah, I think that this... I think largely this movie had a lot of qualities. A lot of qualities that were against it. She also... She made 4,000 yen? 40,000. 40,000 yen, which is... 40. In like three days. It's about fourth... 40 bucks. 40,000... Oh, it's 400. Yeah. Okay. In three days. So she made $400 in three days and then immediately took it to the subway man to keep safe. Yeah, that was uh, scary. I wouldn't do that. She gave it to him and then he took it all and was like, okay. And she was like, can I have a receipt? And he was like, huh, are you kidding? No. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of many, many aspects of this that she, she really, she was also, it seemed like, it seemed like she was pretty well off financially. I mean, she, she got to Tokyo and immediately she started, you know, eating ice cream every other scene. 
Well, but she was also broke. But then she had money. I don't know. It was a weird... I didn't ever really mention that she was broke. It didn't, I didn't feel like she needed money, but it wasn't that she was... Mm-hmm. Well, when she was asking for a job, she was like, I just flew in and that was all the money I had was the plane ticket. I have a point for it. Okay. Throughout pretty much the entirety of the movie, at least the first half, she wore the same denim skirt the whole time. Yep. That's true. I think she left with just the clothes on her back, pretty much. And I think that uh, I think that denim could be could be said to be some of the more thrifty clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, you don't have to wash it. Fair. Uh, what else? Um, spend a lot of money on art supplies. I know those are very expensive. Yeah, you've got some experience in purchasing some art supplies. Yeah, they get pretty pretty high up there, and. Um... Especially when you're making no money off of the product of those art supplies, which I've also been there. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're making no money at all, which kind of seemed to be the case for her. She just, she didn't seem to be ever very concerned about money. I mean, as somebody to go to a country on, respectively, the other side of the planet and just be so uh, lax about not having money, I think that she didn't seem to have a major concern about it. Well, she was scared about her flatmates stealing her money. That is true. That she is almost true. put them in a public locker. Almost put it in a public locker and then felt that the subway man would be safer. Yeah. Which I'd have to say that I think they would maybe, I would honestly probably go with the public locker. Yeah, I feel like I would too if the guy hadn't very obviously seen her start to do it. But like if she was more discreet about it, I feel like public locker wouldn't be the worst place compared to... The subway man. Yeah, the subway man. I'm the subway man. What do you miss most about Japan? Everything. Can I say everything? No, because that doesn't make for a good anecdote for the Okay, what I miss most about Japan. Wait, say it again. What I miss most about Japan. The people, the atmosphere, the weather, the food, the uh, society... This infrastructure, everything. Everything. I miss everything. I miss the money, even. (laughs) That's very fitting for this podcast. (laughs) I mean, it's so convenient to have, like, 5 yen coins, 100, like, all the way up to 500 yen coins, right? And smallest bills, 1,000 yen, Mm -hmm. which is, like, a $10 bill yeah yeah doing the math right yeah sounds right it's about like a ten dollar bill wouldn't it be great if we used coins for our dollars and our fives there might have been a five thousand bill actually there was a five thousand coin there's five bill there's a five thousand bill there's a five hundred coin which is the equivalent of five bucks right you know what i miss the most Hmm. the toilets Oh, the toilets. How did I not mention? I don't know. You said everything else and how it made it almost difficult for me to think of anything else to say. But There's so I, many things. Because also, steam buns. And the toilets. And the toilets. Um, the alcohol. Oh, and the toilets. And the toilets. The heated seats on the toilets. I played and... a key game in an arcade. Before you take <laughs> anything else away from me to get to say about Japan... <laughs> I just, I've claimed toilets as my thing. Mm-hmm. You can claim everything else. <laughs> I'm taking toilets. I don't have to claim everything else. You did. 
Okay. It's too late. Everything about Japan. And except you can except have the, the toilets. toilets. You didn't like the toilets. I, I loved the toilets. Absolutely not. The you toilets saved up. my life. No, the no, toilets no, no, saved no. me. No, let me just make this clear. I asked what your favorite thing about Japan was, and you said everything. And Including these, the toilets. You did not. <laughs> I claim the toilets. Everything includes the toilets. The toilets because that's are mine. part of everything. The toilets are mine, Donna. Okay. Hey, what score did you get on the P game? Oh, that's right. You didn't get to. Dang wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Low blow, Brandon. Mm, well, Low uh, blow. Well, you're the one who said everything, so. Yeah, and that was also the day that I spent puking in said toilets, where I was, was very grateful that they all had lovely bird and forest sounds to mask my hacking and grossness. Mm, yeah. That well. was the same day. Well, I could have won a free can of coffee had I been a little bit more prepared, but I wasn't, so. Dang. Dang. And then you could have peed even more. Then I could have peed even more and maybe won another free can of coffee. Just endless. Endless free cans of coffee. And they had good, co- like Wait. canned coffee. Who would have thought? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Did we just invent infinite energy? Ghost cat. <laughs> the wind picked up, too. Whoa. There's a storm coming, Mr. Ghost Cat. There is a storm coming. Did we just invent infinite infinity and energy? Uh, you drink the coffee. In a monetary sense, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Japan that's what is, we're all about. That's what we're all about here, this infinite energy. In a monetary sense. In a monetary sense. Japan was very cool. Getting there was not very cheap. Being there wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um... When it comes back, back, bringing it back to the Stratosphere Girl, though, I don't feel as though she she really made the most of her time and money when it came to her Japanese experience. As well as tentatively almost getting murdered. I mean, mm. it turns out she wasn't actually very close to getting murdered. A little bit, but not majorly. But she the, did so many things to put herself at risk of being murdered. It was just amazing that nobody was a murderer. So she didn't. Right. Now, before before we wrap the case on this one, I do want to just bring up that she did get an entire suitcase filled with money at the end of this. Mm. That was her reward. Literally that night when she, she signed the contract, the publisher guy went, hey, hey, and lift opened a huge suitcase filled with, with yen. But you know what? She went back to Germany. Mm-hmm. So yen's probably not going to work there. Yeah, but I imagine the exchange rate wouldn't be too bad. Or I should say the exchange fee wouldn't be too bad when it's that much money. I don't know. I don't know what the rate of francs are now. I don't know what Germany uses as currency. Euros. I think it's francs. That's French. No, it's francs and brats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You dork. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you 30 brats. I can say that because some websites say Hamrick is German, so... Really? Yeah, it comes from Ham- Hamburg. I could see that, like Hammerick. Hamburg, yeah. I don't know. I didn't make it up. I mean, that's just what the website says. That makes me want to do more Googling. Well, don't. I won't. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's the tentative? What are we thinking? Well, even though she made a lot of money during this movie, I'm leaning towards not frugal. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, she made a lot of money, but she wasn't very frugal about it. Yeah. I wouldn't classify a lottery winner, not that I'm comparing her to one because her experience was not an enjoyable one, nor do I think lottery winners have a very enjoyable experience, but that doesn't mean that you're a very frugal person. So 
We put it in the not frugal bin, I think. Yeah, I think this one goes in not frugal. You know what that means, though? Huh? It means we got to come up with a little little one-liner for it. We got to have a lesson. A lesson. A for... lesson. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, I think her biggest, the biggest thing that kept her from being frugal was that she didn't care about money at all. Like, she only cared about it to the extent that she could keep herself alive. Like, she didn't spend it on a bunch of clothes or parties or anything. Seemed like she just kind of bought some food and some drinks and... Detective stuff. And art, which was her passion. And her detective stuff. And she saved most of it. I mean, she said she made 40,000 yen, and it looked like she gave that guy probably most or all of it. So, so, but still, we got to have a little lesson attached to it. That's what's, what's the one, what's the pithy one-liner? Passions don't make money. Oh, no. No, no. That's not true. It's tough because while she was not frugal with her money, it was clearly her passion that she cared about. Like she was super wrapped up in her own world and her own narrative that, Money was only an issue to the point where she could continue that dream. So it's hard to glean a lesson from it because while everyone else was focused on money, that was almost the last thing on her mind other than she just needed it to survive. Okay, I think I got it because this is a comedy podcast, so I'm trying to think of a comedy (laughs) one-liner. While I say downer ones. Well, while you continue to disparage whether or not it's in the frugal or not frugal bin. It's in the not frugal bin. It's in the not frugal. I'm just saying it's hard to come up with a one-liner because it was so dream-focused. Money on your mind, mind on your money. Keep your passions in sight, but don't forget to check your bank statements. I like it. I'll never remember it because it sounded like it would rhyme and then it didn't, but... Mind on your money, money on your mind. Wait. Keep money on your mind and your mind on murder. <laughs> keep keep money on your mind and keep your mind on not getting murdered. Okay. Oh, feels all right. It's all right. Then you get the best of both worlds. You live and you get money. Those are the two kind of good qualities to take away from this. She lived and wasn't murdered, surprisingly. Yeah. And made a lot of money. Yeah. Mind on your money and your... Wait, keep, yeah, mind on your money and your money on your murder. That's how it should go. <laughs> that's how the, the... Your money on your murder? Well, that's just how the, the lyric would make sense. Money on your mind and mind on not, not getting, getting murdered. murdered. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening <laughs> to episode six of The Bargain Den. We really appreciate it. You can find us on iTunes on stitcher nope we're not on stitcher take that back (laughs) i'm so sorry for everybody who for some reason was listening to this on another platform and then it was like oh stopping right now so i can finish the last bit of this on stitcher we're not on (laughs) stitcher yet we're on itunes we're on google podcasts now which is cool that's kind of our newest one radio public breaker pocket casts podcast addict Mm. and of course anchor yeah of course anchor Anchor being our kind of host site. Not kind of our host site. It is our host site. They host our RSS feed and then send it out everywhere for us. Anchor's very, very cool for, for putting up a site like that and helping helping us to 
do that. Mm-hmm. And of course, thank you to the Lounge Kittens who provide us with our intro and outro music, which is their cover of Dirty Deeds. I get their song stuck in my head about once a week, I feel like. Yeah. Or I get, our, or I get the Dirty Deeds stuck in my head every other day. Mm-hmm. Thank you to David McIntyre for the photo we have as our cover art right now. You can find him at mutedimagery.com. Does a lot of really awesome photo work over there, as well as some really great... He does a series called uh, A Few of My Friends. Uh, he interviews people, uh, mostly his friends, considering the title <laughs> of it. He does really good interviews over there. And he does a lot of really good mini docs and a lot of awesome work over there. You can find him at the website I said earlier, Muted Imagery. Now he has to pay us twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works at all. <laughs> also, this week on Thursday, Brandon's coming out with a new podcast with our friend Nikki. Yeah. They're doing a comedy podcast about video games, and they're going to have a different guest each week. I'm really excited to hear it. Yeah, it's going to be called For the Love of Pixels, and that'll be on Anchor, absolutely, and everywhere else, depending on how quickly Anchor is does its awesome work. So, <laughs> again, it's be the For the Love of Pixels, and it'll be on Thursday, June 28th. So, really excited about that. Anything else? Well... I feel like we ought to wrap up before the storm rolls in because that's when the ghosts really come out. Oh, jeez. Ghost cat. Ghost cat, help us sign off. <laughs> oh, where's ghost cat? She ghosted. Oh, she ghosted no. us. Oh, no. Oh, wait, no. She's just halfway through the wall right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, beans. Oh, ghost cat, no. No, ghost cat. Thank you all for joining us. Oh, oh I got to go help ghost cat. Ghost cat. You take care of the rest Bye, of the Brandon. Day. Ghost cat. No, ghost cat. Ghost well, cat, I hope doing? we survive the storm. Oh, and in the meantime, oh, stay oh, frugal. Oh.